Be coming a demon. No. Now you'll be able to run track real fast. And welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. This week, AT stands for Akuma Trauma because we will be talking about Devilman Crybaby. Debiruman! Debiruman! <laughs> I am your Devilman Soup. <gasps> Whoa! Am I a devil too? You can be a Devilman too. Okay, I'll be Debiruman Renny. Debiruman! <laughs> Debiruman! <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into that, what have you been up to this week? Bruh. This Bruh. past weekend, I was in Charlotte for Queen City Anime Con. And my apartment is a complete wreck, but I can't clean it anytime soon because I have another convention this weekend. <laughs> oh my god. That's so much. It's a lot. Now I know what it's like to have cons back to back. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but yeah, it was really good. Um, Charlotte is uh, kind of like my hometown, or at least where I lived before here. And so I had a lot of family there, a lot of frenzies there. Um, a lot of the artists that I know were there. So I got to hang out with my girls at Kyoso Studios. And I got a sick, sick killer T-cell shirt from Cosmic Crown. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Soup. I have to show you this shirt. It's so good. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, they do I'm a lot glad. of good work there. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, isn't, isn't Hataraku Saiba basically your job? Yeah, it is. Okay. That's why I must own everything Hataraku Saiba to represent. <laughs> okay, just, just so we're clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? I got to see my homegirl, Firefly Ray, who bailed me out of my very first I locked my keys in the car situation. <laughs> oh, Renu, no. <laughs> it was so bad, Sue. No. It was like, literally, we were leaving the convention hall. She helped me pack up, and we were leaving. We were going to my car. We loaded my luggage into the trunk, and my keys were in the trunk kind of thing and and so was like my backpack my wallet everything was in the trunk when we when we closed it i was like like as soon as it closed i was like <gasps> oh no <laughs> and you know my trunk is the kind that doesn't have like a handle or a latch or anything so it's like once it's closed it's closed you need a key or you need to uh pull up the the button in the in the in the car to open it and of course my car was locked so, <laughs> uh, <Yikes>. we, we <laughs> huh? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we called my dad who, uh, he didn't quite know where we were, 
But he knew a place close to there, which was, of course, the Home Depot, because my dad is a very, <laughs> you know, because, you home know, dads, improvement guy. <laughs> yeah. Dads do be like that. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, we're by, like, the hotel. It's next to an Office Depot and a Michaels and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I, I know where the Home Depot is. I was like, okay, but do you know where, like, there's, like, the rooms to go and there's an the Office Depot and, and, like, that whole intersection? He's like... I know where the Home Depot is. <laughs> like, come on, Dad, help me out here. I don't know where the Home Depot is. Um, See, my my dad is also <laughs> like that. Like, I bet he knows where every Home Depot in a sixty mile radius I is know. located. My dad is the same, though. <laughs> so, uh, uh, turns out that the Home Depot was like a mile away from where we were. And so, uh, thankfully, Fire had her car, so she drove us to meet my dad. We got the keys, you know, got my, got over to my, back to my car, and it was all settled and everything. I said bye to Fire and thanked her profusely for everything. And then we, I was in a mad dash to get home, pack up all my stuff, and get on my flight, because my flight, like, I was already running late to get to my flight, right? And so... Get to the airport. I check in my my luggage and stuff, and the the attendant's like, "Uh, I don't know if you gonna make it, girl. I don't think you can make it. You gonna have to run for it." I was like, "Oh, great." Well, <laughs> I run to the security line, you know, impatiently get through, and then I book it all the way. It like literally, my gate was the very furthest one of this wing of the airport. Oh no! <laughs> and so. As soon as I get there, like I, I see the gate and the door is like closing. And I was like, <gasps> and so like I'm booking it. But by the time I get there, it's of course closed. Right. And the attendant or whatever that was at the desk is gone. You know, she dis- disappeared behind the door. So I was like, no. And I look at the time and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have five minutes before the plate is supposed to leave. And am I just like screwed? Like, because she's not here anymore. And so I'm like sitting there waiting. I was like, should I go to the desk and just like ask for like a ticket on the next flight or whatever like or should i just stay here and wait and and see if she comes back out before the time runs out and literally the last minute she comes back out and i'm like (gasps) (laughs) i look her in the eyes and all i say is like am i too late (laughs) oh and then she like holds up her hand like you know like wait like wait a second and then and then she goes to the door and she like opens it peeks inside and then she's like you're good. And then I was like, yes. <laughs> so I ran and I'm like, thank you. Ah! <laughs> and I make it on my flight. Oh, soup. Oh, it was Goodness. terrible. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> but yeah, the convention was great. <laughs> we, uh, I went out with my artisto friends and we went to go see crazy rich Asians which, mm-hmm. uh, have you watched it? I haven't watched it. Okay. So, you probably already know that rom-com isn't my genre, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm acutely aware of this, yes. <laughs> As am I, so <laughs> I went into this thing like, uh, well, you know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll surprise me. And it was, it was actually, you know, it was nice. You know, I liked it. I liked the characters, the actors, um, in terms of like the, the rom-com quality. It was very standard fare kind of rom-com. Like, 
you know, it, it didn't do anything new to surprise me, but like all of the cultural tie ins to, you know, being Asian were oh really God. good. Yeah, they they big were on mood. point. Yeah, super big mood during the whole movie. And I went there like a like <laughs> it was basically a big old group of Asian female artists and then my two male friends who were very not Asian, like one was white, <laughs> one was black. <laughs> and so they they were like a seat away from me. And so I could hear them like whenever, whenever like the rest of us were like, oh, my God, this is such a big mood. They were like, I, I don't I can't relate I to this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they they apparently also enjoyed it. So I think the movie has enough there if that if you're like not of Asian descent, you'll still enjoy it because it is legitimately funny and entertaining. Uh and yeah, like I said, it doesn't do anything new for the rom-com genre <laughs> to like really uh, convert me or whatever. But um, it was an enjoyable movie <laughs> and we cried because we're all, you know, pansies. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This movie has Constance Wu in it and she's my big oh, favorite. She's so good, dude. I loved her in this movie. Yeah. Big and favorite. it had Aquafina in there too, and I love her. <laughs> Big favorite. Big favorite. There are, there are actually a lot of good movies coming out recently. I I watched Eighth Grader or Eighth Grade, and I watched. Oh, how was that? Oh, it was really good. Like yeah, nice. really, really good. But nice. it was like so real, it kind of hurt. Actually, oh no, <laughs> like Chio Chan. <laughs> I. Like like that, but even even more concentrated because it was like every <laughs> everything you've ever felt about being an eighth grader distilled into a, a two hour movie, and oh. it's it's so it's so painfully spot on that you will you will basically die watching it, and nice. you will know you are old when you're watching it because you'll be nice. like you'll you'll be watching and you'll be like. Girl, you got to appreciate your dad more. Come on. <laughs> I I legit had this thought in in the middle of the movie. I was like, appreciate your father a little bit more. I'm like, oh, I'm old. Oh no, <laughs> I'm not even old yet, and I'm old. Yeah, man, I have that feeling all the time when I'm watching shows or whatever. I'm like, why don't you appreciate your parents more? And then I have to remember, <laughs> like, ah, uh, yes, I too was at an age. At one point in my life where I had zero appreciation for my very good parents. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it it do be like that. It do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh there is there is like that movie has one of the the scariest scenes ever in a movie. Like oh. one of the scariest, most uncomfortable scenes. Because oh. it it doesn't go too far with it, which is mm. it, it does so very tastefully. But okay. it, it very much discusses these this kind of social pressure that girls have where mm. they can oftentimes get into um situations where they're being like taken advantage of, like sexually. Right. I think I know where you're going with this, right. yeah. So there's there's a scene in the movie somewhere in the middle where a, a high school boy is driving her home and he parks the car and he like gets in the back seat. Uh -huh. And they're just like talking, and uh, it ends up with like they're playing truth or dare, and he takes his shirt off, and he's like, "Okay, now take your shirt off, right?" And it's like 
that moment is like simultaneously incredibly uncomfortable and highly terrifying to watch because mm-hmm. it's not only it's not only scary like from a kind of you know situation standpoint but it's also scary because you know that there are so many girls that have been in that situation that haven't you know gotten off as as easily as she did so yeah yeah uh big i mean if if you do watch it like you know here's your warning about that scene it it's it doesn't go anywhere but it it is there and it's going to be highly highly uncomfortable if you've ever been in a situation like that which i suspect that a lot of people have I think, yeah. I think a lot of people in general, yeah, definitely. That have. that movie is is incredibly honest and raw in a way that movies so rarely are. Yeah. It's it very much feels like I'm watching an eighth grader do eighth grade. So Aww. yeah. Um that that movie was really good. Sorry to bother you, it was really, really good. Uh I I've already talked about how that's a movie you just kinda have to walk into. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Crazy Rich Asians came out recently. Uh, Black Klansmen came out recently. I really want to watch those two movies because I think they're 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 pretty they're pretty good looking. Yeah. But yeah, you know lots what of good movies came out coming recently? out recently. Mm. Christopher Robin. I had to watch okay. that too. <laughs> Did, okay. I please tell me about it. I I need to know. I'm not gonna watch this myself because I can't be bothered to. But please, I need to know. <laughs> So I have uh, one of my very good old childhood friends uh, was in town this this past weekend. And so, of course, I had to hang out with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has a very, very powerful love of bears. And oh, OK. Also, you know, Winnie the Pooh, like like, you know, teddy bears. Yeah, um, I, I know. Yeah. I know what you yeah. mean. Not not the other kind of bears and such. But <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so she was just like, okay, you have a choice between Christopher Robin and Slender Man. And oh, I was like, okay. well, Christopher Robin. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we went to watch it and it, le- let me just say that my expectations for this movie were, oh God, it's a creepy kids movie. <laughs> and when I left the theater, my I was pleasantly surprised at how nice it was. Uh it mm. um it it basically is about, you know, Christopher Robin as an adult, as you probably know from the trailer, and his uh struggles and pressures as an adult trying to take care of his family. Uh however, he he's so devoted to work that he ends up pushing his family away. And so he ends up losing uh, touch with his daughter and his wife. And that is basically around the time when Winnie the Pooh reenters back into his life and teaches him how to reconnect with his childhood and, uh, you know, be a fun human being again because he's apparently not laughed in years <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> ever since mm. he started work. For this company I mean, that he hates. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. So I, it was it was nice. Like you know, the plot was light as it should be for a kids movie, but it was it was actually a really pretty movie. The 3D animated animals characters uh, weren't as creepy as I thought they would be. Uh, mm-hmm. And they started growing on me by the end of it, which was which was nice. I was like, oh. 
I like Pooh's little fuzzy nose. <laughs> and then in the beginning, I was like, I'm not sold on Pooh. But yeah, I, I, I kind of came around, I guess. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was good. I liked the acting a lot. Of course, they had a lot of talented uh, British actors. And it, it's, a, it's a good kids movie. I would take my niece and nephew to go see it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that that's that, that's why summary of Christopher Robin. <laughs> I was gonna say that that sounds better than I thought. Yeah, I came away with a positive experience, which was more than I thought I would. <laughs> huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I have been up to quite a lot because the yeah. the second half of my summer is sort of kicking in. Yeah. 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 I went to New York. You I went, went to New York. York. Yeah. With, with my friend and his sister, and we did a lot of New York things. Like what? Uh, we walked around New York. Mm-hmm. We, we walked through the absolute sludge of humanity that is Times Square. <laughs> yes. It's the, only, it's the only way I can describe it. I've never seen so many people walk so slowly and so erratically before. Yeah. Because here's here's the thing, right? Is mm-hmm. I am I am someone who is, at the very least, somewhat accustomed to to navigating cities. I I walk fast. I don't take up space when I don't need to. And yes. the thing that I like to do is I like to basically zip across a crowded sidewalk by seeing where people are going and then not being there. Right. Right. If you've ever seen or read Aishil 21, it's that thing where he just goes pew with his eyeballs. He's <laughs> like, yes, I go that way. I, I like this is the optimal path. Right. So I, I do okay. that, but like a little bit slower because I'm not playing okay. American football. <laughs> but I, I realized that the one flaw to this is that sometimes people just don't walk normally, like even a little bit. It's it is. I swear, people sometimes, for no reason whatsoever, walk as if they are in Dune avoiding the Shy Halud. They must walk without rhythm lest they be eaten by a giant worm god. Wow. <laughs> I, it, really, it really tested my, my overarching love of humanity. I was like, do sure. I really? Yeah. Yeah. But no, once I, I was sitting the- down, it was better. It's it's kind of like uh, the people that I dislike when I'm walking in a you know giant crowd are the people who just like randomly stop. Oh, like, right there are so in many. Front of me, I know it's the most annoying thing because I'm like, oh my god, I almost just bumped into you. Like freaking a, just move. Why did you just stop in the middle of a moving path? <laughs> I also I also didn't realize this, but people in New York don't. Especially people who are trying to sell you things don't really have boundaries, so they will just touch you, which is highly uncomfortable. I'm like, I didn't know you were legally allowed to do this. (laughs) It's like, please refrain. Uh, But I'm I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at not talking to people or making eye contact. So uh, I'm quite good at avoiding people. Let's let's say that. But yeah, sure. it was it was super fun. We went to uh, the top of the rock, which is uh, the top of the whatever tower, and uh, like the Rockefeller Tower or whatever. Ah. It's connected to Rockefeller Plaza. Mm-hmm. So the reason we went up there is because 
the, here's the thing about New York, right? Is that everybody likes to go up the Empire State Building, but then you're not seeing, like, I don't know, the most important part of New York, which is the Empire State Building. Like, it's, <laughs> the skyline is defined by the Empire State Building, so it's kind of odd that you would go to a place where, and I get it, you know, it's the novelty of going up the, the big important building, but yeah, there is something missing about going to a really tall place and not seeing, like, the most defining feature of the New York skyline, so... Yeah, that's, but that's a nice then thing about the top if you want to see the whole skyline, you'd have to be like on the outskirts of the city, right? Or somewhere like, you know, I mean, it's away. It, yeah, if you wanted also the the top of the Rockefeller what's whatever, but I I don't care. I just want to I just want a picture with the a uh, with the uh, Empire State Building in the background from a very okay. tall place, and I did that. Okay. I had my friend take uh pictures of me in in increasingly ridiculous poses <laughs> uh-huh. my my pose uh next to the empire state building is this uh it's just the the kamina power stance <laughs> good so that's that's pretty good but yeah, yeah kamina. <laughs> uh other than that we kind of ventured around i got to i got to meet up with my friend paul who normally lives uh, in new jersey but he uh, came over to to visit us we got to hang oh. out with him and his brother, and it was super cool. We went to get oh. Hot Pot. I introduced all of mm. these people to Hot Pot. <gasps> they didn't know what Hot Pot was! They had never had Hot Pot before, and it was it's. there's nothing more joyful in the world than introducing people who have never had Hot Pot to Hot Pot. Oh my goodness, I love Hot Pot. <laughs> and it is, it's great because I, I brought basically at least two people who uh, can eat a considerable amount of food, which means we won. Mm. We won Hot Pot. Yay! <laughs> like, I had, I had to explain that Hot Pot is one of those foods that you go not just to eat, but to win. <laughs> like, you, you win Hot Pot. You don't yeah. eat Hot Pot. Well, you do eat Hot Pot, but... Yeah. I mean, it's also like a leisurely party food, too, so there's that. But yeah, it's nice. Oftentimes, Hot Pot places have time limits, so you can't just hang out forever. So mm-hmm. if you're going to have a leisurely hot pot, do that at home. Yeah, yeah. When you go out, you go to win. <laughs> conquer. You you conquer <laughs> that hot pot place. <laughs> what I mean by that is you basically, you you pay like 26 to $30 to, to get into a hot pot place, and it's all you can eat, essentially. So mm. you try to eat your money's worth of food, mm. which we did. Yum, Easily. Yum, yum, yum. Easily. Easily, but that was that was super fun. Uh, and also, we we went to like eight different ramen. Well, we actually went to three. We went to three different ramen places. <laughs> eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's okay. Here is the conclusion uh-huh. that I came to after eating at three of some of three of the more well known ramen places in New York, which okay. is San Francisco still has my favorite ramen restaurant in the U.S. Hmm. Isn't that astounding? Yeah. That's kind of amazing to me. Honestly, I thought I would go to, to New York, have some ramen, and ruin it forever. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. Well, I, I guess, like, in my mind, I feel like if I were to guess between California or New York, which would have the better ramen, I'd, I'd probably guess California. See, right? I would actually guess New York. Hmm. Because New York adopted ramen restaurants a lot faster and a lot more like intensely than than California did. Mhm. 
Like we have a we have a Japan town here in in San Francisco, but it's not super large. And you mm-hmm. can get ramen at places, but there's like four or five dedicated ramen restaurants, and that's basically it for the city, as far as I know. Okay. Unless people want to give me recommendations, in which case I will go to them and I will report back. But <laughs> yeah, my favorite ramen restaurant is still in San Francisco. It's it's in Japantown. I'm not going to tell you the exact name of it because then I would be introducing competition because the <laughs> line is already long as it is. And if oh. you... If, like, <laughs> No, no joke. People start lining up half an hour before it's open. Nice. And if you if you get there too late before it opens, you you won't get in the first wave of people in. Nice. Because you know, as a ramen restaurant, it's not big. Sure. They never are. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's listen. Just from what I what I said, if you know anything about San Francisco ramen, like y- you know it, you know what I'm talking about. But it's yeah. Still the best ramen I've ever had. So <laughs> until I go to Japan and I, I do my like ramen pilgrimage and then ramen <laughs> is ruined forever. Yeah, ramen will be ruined forever once you go to Japan. Yeah, once I once I make my pilgrimage to to the ramen yeah. motherland. Yeah. Yeah, like like sushi is ruined forever for me. And so is tempura. Like basically all Japanese food that I had in Japan is ruined forever for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's <laughs> that is definitely the case. That is definitely the case. It's just not the same sometimes. No, it's not. Although I think I think I will be able to bandage it with the ramen here because it's really that good. Mm. If you're ever over here, I'll take you. Yay! Okay. <laughs> and um I mean other than that, we uh we watched uh we watched Broadway. Uh I watched Wicked <gasps> for the first time. See Wicked. How was it? It was super good. I highly nice. recommend it. Nice. And it was about as gay character drama as I thought it would be. <laughs> which is more than nothing, but not as much as I wanted. <laughs> I mean, but you want a lot. And yeah, but I, 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 like I want a lot, right? Yeah. Like I, I want them to get married on screen. You want you want kissing and marriage. I want and... marriage on screen. Give it to me. <laughs> and people aren't willing to go that far quite yet in a lot of things. Also, w- Wicked was written like twenty years ago or whatever. Yeah. So you know. So. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I have I have a I have a very soft spot in my heart for narratives like Wicked that are like okay. this is the this is the misunderstood story of the Wicked Witch. I'm like yeah, give it to me. I want it. <laughs> I want it. I want it. <laughs> I want it. Uh, other than that, did we do anything else interesting? I don't know. We just kind of walked around. Did you know that New York has like three different Chinatowns? Uh, no, I did not. It's pretty intense. Mm. It's pretty intense. I, other than that, have been playing, obviously, Grand Blue Fantasy. And <laughs> given that I, I finished Devilman Cry Baby. Cry Baby. Baby. <laughs> I don't know why my mouth did that, but okay. <laughs> But given that I finished Devilman Crybaby, uh, the other thing that I've been watching is Roroni Kenshin. I've watched something in the ballpark of 70 episodes of Roroni Kenshin. Since when? Like two weeks ago. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's something. It's something. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I can't be that surprised. I've, I'm already in part three of JoJo. <laughs> Well, there you go. There you go. I was going to watch Jojo, but there's like not a convenient place for me to watch it. Because I'll, I'll link you and see if that'll help. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing about Ronin Kenshin, right, is the reason I started watching it is because it's on Netflix, and Netflix is great because it autoplays. Yeah, that's what I want too. It's like I want JoJo on a convenient place. Uh, yeah, I want a I want a convenient drip feed of JoJo's bizarre adventure. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's on Crunchy, so I don't know. Oh, all of it? All yeah. of it's on Crunchyroll? Yeah, all of it is on Crunchyroll. Oh. Well, that's not too yeah. bad, actually. I can I can manage that. Yeah, you can manage that. Yeah, that I'll I'll do that then. Mm-hmm. Uh oh yeah. my God, Renu! I almost <laughs> I almost forgot. <sighs> this is the most important thing that I will tell oh. you about. So, okay. on my way to and from New York, I learned something, which is that plain movie selections are so good now. Yeah, they are right. They're legit. They're 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 kind of silly with how legit they are. Like the plane that I was on had Avengers: Infinity War, which I I mean I I didn't watch because I was like, eh. I mean, sure. I'm not gonna watch it again on this on this plane. I'll just I'll watch some of this other stuff that I've never seen before. I watched a documentary yeah. about ramen called Ramen Heads. Whoa! Why they have documentaries and stuff too? Yeah, it was a <laughs> Japanese documentary about ramen. It was super cool. That's awesome. Uh, I watched a okay. I watched the second Kingsman movie, which I have some thoughts about, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, I haven't watched that yet. I did want to, though. Uh, it's... There are things I like about it and things I do not like about it. Okay. And I think, in general, I there are more things I dislike about it. <gasps> Uh-oh. Okay. But I, I don't, as, an, as an overall movie, I, I think it's entertaining. So okay. It's not terrible, but it's just... It's not... What I would say is is a good sequel. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's it's hard to make a good sequel, but like they they mess a lot of things up. I'll I'll say that. Oh. And I would say okay, I watched half of that movie. Uh oh shoot, what is that movie called? I watched half of Sayonara no Asa ni Yakusoku no Hana wa Kazaru, Kaz Kazaro. Which means let's what? decorate the promised flowers in the farewell morning. Which what I'm it is an anime movie about basically elves, but they're not elves, okay? Because they look like people, okay? And and people who are people, and those people suck because they just kind of come in and wreck the place and steal all the elves, as they do, as as they do. So it is it is about a uh about a uh. An elf girl, basically. I mean, they they don't look like elves, but they're elves. Okay. And she finds a child, and she adopts the child because the child's mother is dead. And then it's about okay. their it's about their like parent relationship, like parent child mm. relationship. As the son grows up and the mother does not physically change. Hmm. I only watched half of it, and to be perfectly honest. I've never seen a movie where I can like not draw a conclusion less or more or whatever. Like it is uh-huh. it is baffling to me how much I cannot form an opinion about it given that I've only watched like 40 minutes of it. I feel like normally 40 minutes into anything I can usually think of how I feel about something, but I have absolutely zero thoughts about this movie other than sure. it's very pretty. Okay. And it is uh 
it's interesting. I I kind of okay. like it. Mm-hmm. But I have to see how it ends, so I'll watch the second half at some point later. <laughs> it, uh, but the premise sounds a lot. Well, not a lot, but it sounds a little bit like Tarzan. Hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, kind of. It kind of. It kind of does have that. <laughs> like I, I know what you mean, and it kind of does. Yeah, like a little bit. <laughs> like like a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, now here's yeah. here's the most important part, and the reason I brought up this whole sort of airplane adventure to begin with, they had okay. the live action Gintama movie. <gasps> oh my god, I still haven't watched it yet. I, I watched the live action Gintama movie. Oh, tell me. <laughs> Don't watch it; it's bad. Oh no! It's so bad. No. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> I had a bad feeling that it would be bad, right? But I, I wanted to believe. Okay. <laughs> it is, first of all, it's like two hours long, like two and a half hours long. It's so long. Oh, gosh. And it is, uh, the CG is not even a little bit good. <laughs> I expected it. Because it is, it is the, uh, it's basically an adaptation of the Benizakra arc. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of CG, and Elizabeth <laughs> is a very important character, and all of that means it's just hideous to look at. And wait, did they CG Elizabeth? They CG'd Elizabeth. Wait, why? I don't know. Because <laughs> they, <laughs> I guess you, I guess you're right. They wouldn't have to. They they could pretty yeah. easily replicate Elizabeth. And in- it would have been so easy to make a big old Elizabeth. Yeah, but. It's, I mean, okay, it is, it is bad enough to be somewhat amusing to watch. <laughs> it is essentially, oh god, I mean, I think part of it is just that it's not, it's not the anime. And Gintama is something that really doesn't work if you translate it one-to-one. Because it, it yeah. is so suited to being an anime, because it's so fucking weird. Yeah. For one... The fight choreography isn't amazing. It has a lot of that kind of cliched Japanese special effects editing that isn't great. It's obviously not <laughs> a high budget production, which yeah. I mean that's fair. <laughs> that yeah. kind of suits Gintama, but they yeah. don't do anything interesting with that, so mm-hmm. you know. And there's okay, here's here's the main problem that I really ended up having is that I miss I miss the original voice actors. Like I miss Sugita, I miss uh Rie, yeah. uh, Rie uh, Kugimiya and whoever voices Shinpachi. Um and <laughs> the fact that they didn't even make a joking appearance, like the vo- the original voice actors didn't even make a joking appearance, like or a cameo is kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they did something with that. Uh but yeah, it's just <laughs> everything that it does. The yeah. anime movie does better. Yeah. So just watch that. Yeah. Honestly, just watch it, that. It would have been funny if they had uh, Tomokazu Sugide show up as, like, Kintoki for no reason. That would be pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing about it also is that some of the characterization is, is not as, as spot on as it could be. Like, Shinpachi oh. is just yelling and nothing else. Oh. It's actually really funny because as the as the movie goes on, the actor just yells more and more. 
Like it's oh, just no. he just stops becoming Shinpachi and is is just more like yells a Sukomi, I guess. Just a yelling man. Just a yelling man. Just a yelling man. But yeah, it's I I rewatched the the Gintama movie recently. After yeah. that, after I got off the plane, because I also needed yeah. something to watch while I was playing Grand Blue. And yeah, it's just way better. It's just way better. <laughs> also, they never played they never played the Does song, which is really good. <laughs> that gave me them backachy dancers. <laughs> I feel like uh maybe they should have had an original plot for the movie then. Yeah, they right. really should have. Yeah. So That's a shame. <laughs> oh well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's it's fine. I mean, I didn't expect it to be good, but I watched the whole thing anyway. <laughs> you had to. Yeah, I I really did have to, but just my that's my recommendation. Don't watch it. Okay, I won't then. <laughs> and that's all the things that I did. Uh, wow. We've been talking forever. Yeah, we had a lot. We did a lot <laughs> this we, past week. We did a lot. Okay, let's talk about Devilman Crybaby because Devilman. we've been talking about not that for a long time now. <laughs> Small segue. Small segue. So, Devilman Crybaby is a new Netflix original, quote unquote. Because everything that Netflix does is quote unquote a Netflix original. It's so original. It's so original. But <laughs> I, I think in this case it is actually a Netflix original. It is <laughs> a new adaptation which we're, we actually have gotten a couple. It's, it's because we're coming up on a lot of like anniversaries of really old, really famous manga. Yeah. Because I, I think we, we came up on like the, the 50th anniversary of like Go Nagai or something. Oh, okay. It is based on a 1972 manga by uh, by Go Nagai called Devilman. Devilman. And you have a little chart here of how this was created that I'm not going to yes. even try to parse, so I'll just leave that okay. to you. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. So, apparently, this all started as uh, a manga by Go Nagai called Demon Lord Dante, and they were going to adapt it into an anime, but they wanted... Uh, certain changes to be made to it, basically. And so by the time that the anime came into production, it became a somewhat different story, and they called it Devil Man. And then after that, shortly after the anime started airing, Gonagai decided to start drawing the manga for the Devil Man series. And so that's that's where that came about. And then now we have the Netflix original. <laughs> original. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Devil Man basically started as uh, the whole purpose of the story was to basically be a commentary about war and how war is bad, y'all. War and is bad. It, and yeah, it, it causes a lot of death and destruction. So if you, you know, watch anything related to devil man or read anything related to devil man and you see an excessive amount of gruesome horrible murder it's because it's all a commentary about how terrible war is and it's it's basically just an analogy right like mm -hmm. the the fusion of humans and demons and them being dragged into war is is like a parallel to the draft and um, a lot of key characters like 
Miki and and whatnot who are all innocent and and how they end up dying very horribly is uh, apparently like a symbol uh, like symbolizing the end of peace and how you know war destroys that <laughs> obviously <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting it is it is we will yeah. we will definitely dissect this strange piece of animation you can hear a lot that it's weird and that is because it is directed by my boy masaaki yuasa if you've never heard that name before here's your chance to learn it masaaki yuasa because <laughs> he is one of the best directors in anime period and one of my personal favorites yeah, he's fantastic. He's consistently creating some of the most creative, most interesting things to watch anime-wise that couldn't happen in any medium other than anime. It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty special. It's pretty he's pretty special. Yeah. Um yeah. he's done uh, Night is Short Walk on Girl, uh I think it's like Yoruwa Mijikai Ona or whatever. Uh I yeah. haven't watched that, <laughs> but I really want to. I neither. Me too. Uh, Ping Pong the Animation and the Tatami Galaxy, mm-hmm. which are two of my favorite animes of all time. Yes. Uh, did he do something else? He's done a lot of stuff. Those were just the key ones that I decided to point out. But um, he's collabed on a lot of stuff. He's done like a lot of one episode direction type things. Like he did some directing for Samurai Champloo, like I think episode nine or something like that. He's done an episode for Space Dandy. He's done an episode for Adventure Time. Oh, that's He's right. He's done yeah. a lot of collaborative stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is sufficiently Masaki Yuasa. <laughs> is is <laughs> what I'll say about that. It's this is this is a an anime that you will uh, often hear is weird because it is. Mm-hmm. It it is really really funky to look at. Yeah. Uh, even just the like normal kind of animation is is a little bit. There's some there's something to it. There's something to it. I I don't know how it's <laughs> animated, but it's it's like not. It is purposely animated to be strange. It is. It has a very distinct quality to the animation that like you don't see too often in other anime, at least traditional anime, at least. Yeah, it it has a very like, it almost has like kind of a like a like a flash animation vibe to it. I guess is yeah. <laughs> there's like it yeah. There's it's like flash, but also like it. I, I don't know. I get the sense of like a bit of a western touch to it too. Like I don't oh, know it's, or western yeah. influence. It, it, yeah. it very much it very much is. Um, it's yeah. I you know it's uh what what is it about? Like if I had to dissect what it is about it, that's so kind of strange it's like it feels very slick and modern and at the same time yeah. not yeah yeah it i think it takes a lot of cues from a lot of the experimental western animation that happened in the 20th century Hmm. yeah i like like knowing his filmography like i feel like it does take some like at least the action parts like do remind me a bit of samurai shampoo but then the art style itself is not like quite as like refined i guess or right or as heavily rendered um you know what yeah i okay. don't know it's, I, it's, it's distinctive you know what i i think i i realize what it is it's just that okay. when i say it's it's modern and slick it's because it's very like 
flat. Like, yeah, it anime itself is it tends to be very, very flat because of yeah the way that it, it evolved as a medium. But yeah, this anime specifically, because of the way it uses colors and outlines, it's like hyper flat. Mm-hmm. It it is. It I feel like it's it's almost like it's almost like everything is on the exact same plane. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think a lot of the, yeah the art style. It's interesting though the way that they do that. Um, I feel like they use pretty minimal shading, right? Right. Like, yeah. I think the color is flat colors and the lighter. color is really flat and and mm-hmm. uh, uniform too. So yeah. As as a result, yeah. it looks it looks very slick. Yeah. Yeah. It has a very modern like pop art type of feel because a lot of uh, stylistic choices nowadays are definitely that. Like it's just like mm. flat color on flat color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, let's, I mean, let's get into it. Let's, let's get into yeah. it. So. In, right into it. <laughs> Devil Man tells the story of a boy who becomes possessed by a, a devil to become a devil man. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yes. That's it. That's the uh, whole story. Uh, no, that, it, yeah. it's the story of someone who is so gay they had caused the apocalypse to happen. Oh my God. <laughs> Which, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, both of those, yes. <laughs> okay, so the reason that Devilman is an important piece of media is because it is it it predates Evangelion in uh-huh. it, it's like kind of strange, surreal. Uh, very gray morality space, right? Like, yeah. there's so much influence that it clearly has on Evangelion, yeah. given that, obviously, I haven't read the original. Obviously, I haven't watched the original anime. But <laughs> there are a lot of moments that, as far as I can tell, are are just straight from the manga that Boy, they are just they 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 scream Evangelion and right? you know, later stuff that is influenced by that. Obviously, like like especially the end. Oh yes, my gosh. the the ending is so Evangelion it hurts. Like it <laughs> it legitimately feels like the end the ending of Devilman Crybaby or the ending of Devilman is the start of Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> right, like that's the first impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But yeah, it has it has a lot of it has a lot of that. Or I guess it's it it would be more fitting and more apt to say that Evangelion has a lot of Devilman feel to it, and subsequently mm-hmm. works like Madoka have a lot of Devilman feel to them. Because mm, a lot okay. a lot of those ending scenes in Madoka feel very Eva. So mm, that's true. That's true. It is landmark because it is so brutal i guess to say uh, to, to put it lightly it's it's incredibly incredibly gruesome and not it does not pull any punches like zero yeah it, yeah. it is so it, it is so does, gruesome yeah. yeah it doesn't it not only doesn't shy away from the gore and all of the craziness going on it showcases all of that oh yeah it kind of it totally revels in it yeah it's I will say it's it's really interesting because I think 
that Masaki Yuasa did a really great job of adapting the source material because it feels very much faithful in in that translation to the kind of weird not weird but like the themes it has of mm-hmm. obviously like the surface level is just obviously war is bad and yes. when people turn against each other that's bad right yeah like there is there's the the very top layer where the devils basically trick humanity into destroying themselves yeah which i mean yes like that that is a as a metaphor for war and for you know the draft uh like the fusion of humans and demons or yeah humans and devils as like a, an analogy for the draft is is pretty pretty clear right yeah um but like then there's kind of like this this deeper stuff where the way that it's adapted is it is one of the most uncomfortable shows to watch in terms of mm-hmm. just how gruesome it can get but at the same yeah. time what's really interesting is that it not only doesn't glorify violence but it uses violence and portrays it in a way where it becomes so over the top it it's kind of mundane right it becomes yeah. mundane or or at the mm-hmm. very least you become desensitized to it but then mm-hmm. right and this is the important thing it pulls it so far back that suddenly you don't like seeing it anymore yeah it's like yeah i agree you go from being uncomfortable to feeling like oh okay whatever there's still people being ripped apart but like you know this is like the eighth time that i've seen yeah. that but then yeah when people start dying again you're like oh no it yeah it manages to make death feel meaningful for the characters that it, it happens to, even yeah. after it has desensitized you so thoroughly to violence. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Uh, I, I, the way that they pull that balance off is so fascinating because they, it's like you said, they, they, premise it or preface it with uh yeah devils are going around and just massacring people uh but then you get a character that gets involved that you have an emotional connection to right or who has an emotional connection to a character you have an emotional connection to right and so they they almost in a way just like they renew your attachment to these characters and also to what's going on and Suddenly you're like, oh no, there's all this death going on around. I don't want my characters that I love to be in there. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Actually, I just mm-hmm. realized it's mm-hmm. it's never okay. So, oh whoa, okay, mm-hmm. I got it, I got it. Okay, okay. So the way that it it actually does this is whenever humans are killed by by you know devils by uh by the devils mm-hmm. it's always kind of that like nonsensical desensitized violence it doesn't mean anything right yeah but the most brutal deaths are always at are people dying at the hands of other people mm. so okay like obviously when when people die in like the weird sabbaths where these like weird rave parties where these these you know demons come and possess people it yeah. It's like whatever. There's just people dying. 
right? It's very right. It's abstracted, actually. What it is, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. it's uh, those sequences are so they're so they're so flat. You know, they're like mm-hmm. outlines against a single color, and then like blood, right? Yeah, they yeah. don't matter. Not because it's it's not that it matters that they're dying, but because and you know this is something that they go into that the the uh, way that demons and and or devil. I mean, I think they're interchangeable in this context. Sure. Yeah. Because normally they aren't necessarily, but like in this context, we're, I'm going to use them interchangeably. But yeah. You know, demons are basically are like um, they're kind of shown to be like a more pure form of of life form where, you know, they're not killing just to kill necessarily, but just because killing is like what is natural to them. Whereas, you know, for for humans who have this social network built up and, and society built up, it is meaningful then that people are killing each other. Right. Like, mm, yeah. if you think about the deaths that are, you know, actually, you know, legitimately meaningful, it's like, um, there is that moment of humanization of, uh, Silene and, uh, what's his face when they like oh, got tie, uh, and you're like, well, maybe, maybe demons do have feelings. Right. Uh, and then, you know, when you think about it, like the rest of the really meaningful deaths are always people being killed by people. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I I can see that. Mm-hmm. It is. It's those like SoundCloud rappers getting killed by the mob of of human <sighs> beings. Which okay, so there's SoundCloud rappers. Basically, is what people just refer to them as, and it's fucking great. I love them though. It's so good. <laughs> they open the episode. They open up. Uh, they open a couple episodes with these like rap parts, and they're honestly amazing. They're really, really good. <laughs> I mean, it makes a very clear statement about, you know, if we take demons in this context, because this is kind of the, the great thing about this this work is that everything is, is polysemic, which means, you know, they have multiple different meanings to them, right? The demons mm-hmm. can both be seen as... Uh, a natural force, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, natural brutality, right? It's like nature killing you. It's like, you know, you can't you can't blame anyone for that. That's just how it be. Yeah. While at the same time, we can look at demons as a manifestation of, of our hatred and our fear. And at the same time, we can see them as a manifestation of, of humanity in, in the way that they they wage war. Uh, against humanity right and and destroy it so right it is it's honestly pretty astounding that it i only just realized this now that all of the most gruesome the most hard-hitting the most meaningful and most uncomfortable deaths to watch are always at the hands of humans yeah yeah you know it's it is that moment where where uh our main character akira is is the devil man and he sees all these people throwing stones at other human beings and they're like you know you're the real demons fucking mortals yeah that scene was 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 really powerful oh my god it's yeah the thing about it is i feel like it's pretty easy for a story like this and for an anime like this to i guess take the easy way out when it comes to morality and Mm. and storytelling where right you can it can it is it is very easy for the, the story to end with the power of 
our human connections has brought us together and we have won <laughs> against the adversary. But that's not yeah. how it ends here, you know? Yeah, that's not the point of the story. Right. And in, in the end, right, with Mickey dying, mm-hmm. right, with, with Mickey Mak- uh, Makimura and uh, the other Mickey, I guess, too, dying, <laughs> if we see that as, as the end of, as the, you know, the death of peace... Mm-hmm. You know, the human beings are reveling in it. And yeah, like Mickey is a character that represents, especially in, in Devilman Crybaby, this these connections between people. Right. You know, she reaches yeah. out on social media and all yeah. these people are like, I am a devil man, too. Right. Yeah. And in any other series, that would that mm-hmm. would be it. That would be what saves people. But it's not in this series. Right. right? That's right. At the end of the day, you know, the death of peace means everyone loses, right? Yeah. And there's no amount mm-hmm. of concessions that we can make about how we can fix that. It's just, it sucks. Yeah. And we can't let that happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a warning, basically. Yeah, it's, that... it's such a stark warning against yeah. this, this kind of, like, paranoia. It's freaking serious. <laughs> it is so heavy. It's, like, so intense to watch. Yeah, it's so tiring to watch too. Like by the end of it, you're just exhausted. Yeah, it is legitimately exhausting to watch. I would say if any if any show out there is a tour de force, this is it. Mm-hmm. Like it's only ten episodes long, but by the end yeah. of it, you feel like you've been there for like six years. <laughs> like just you've aged six years because of how intense yeah. it was emotionally. Yeah. It it is astounding uh. to me actually that in just 10 episodes they managed to get you attached to these characters enough that it feels mm-hmm. meaningful when they die and yes. it doesn't feel like a cheap shot when they die either because yes. Like that's the point. The point yeah. is that they're in a in a bad way. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I they the way I, from what I understand, is that they recharacterized a lot of these, you know, characters from the original. And I feel like, even though I haven't seen the original, I feel like they did, they just did a fantastic job with how they did it in the in the Netflix one. Yeah, it's a, it a fantastic adaptation. Yeah, I remember every single character, like, just glancing at their names or whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was this person or that person or whatever. Like, I remember them perfectly. Let us talk, at least briefly, about this whole thing <laughs> we did Our, no okay that's i meant a little bit more specifically <laughs> i was gonna get into it but there okay. is there is a um what's really interesting is that the way that this uh that devilman crybaby carries the torch of of devilman is in just how outrageous some of its content is it's very mm. violent very gruesome very sexy it's a lot of sex <laughs> People do a lot of sex stuff, like fucking. I did feel bad about making you watch this in terms of like, oh, I'm subjecting my boy to a lot Renu, of sex I, things. Renu, I am at least a little bit of an adult. I'm no. legally recognized as an adult that can buy pornography. No! No! <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, but yeah, it is uh, certainly not a family-friendly show. I would not recommend no. that you show it to your children. Lest they Not become demons. <laughs> or maybe, you know, they'll hate war. It's kind of a gamble, really. <laughs> it, is, it is interesting because it draws this, this connection between uh, violence and, and sex. I guess, like, satiation of desire, right? 
mm-hmm. these these sorts of things. Like obviously, like obviously, violence and sex have a long history of being kind of coupled together in mm. uh, in a lot of uh, media. But it's well, what I think is interesting is the way that it doesn't like stop there, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of media that is that does not think very critically about the way that sex and violence function, mm. right? Violence uh, mm-hmm. as sex and sex as violence. Right. Uh, whereas this, this does, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it is kind of, it's part of that whole uh, deal where you get this contrast between this very impersonal, very, because this is the thing about like, this is something that I noticed about uh, the way that violence and sex operates in in Devil and Crybaby, which is that violence that demons enact upon humans is very depersonalized, very abstracted, and mm-hmm. to a certain extent, so is sex and sexual desire. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, it also does still manage to feel somewhat um, like deeply personal in a way. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of, of moments where you know, it is meant to be at least abstractly titillating, mind the pun. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's not the end of it, right? It's, it, it is yeah. about the ways that those, those concepts mingle with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it felt it felt pretty purposeful whenever they did show it. I mean, of course they showed it in their over the top fashion as they do, right. but yeah, the way that they the the scenes that they picked when they showed it, I think it they felt uh more meaningful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that 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 is a, that is a big thing which is that it doesn't it doesn't draw a clear line, right? Yeah. Like in in some respects it does, right? War is bad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. People shouldn't be terrible to each other, which is mm-hmm. if only if only but you know at the same time it is very much this gray space where violence is bad yeah but you know obviously the main character is killing demons pretty gruesomely just like ripping them in half right mm-hmm. and it's it, it doesn't make a statement either way as as to whether like sex is bad or not it just kind of is which i think is right. good right Mm-hmm. I think that's that is the way that it should function in in this show uh and you know it's it varies i think uh and i mm-hmm. I like the fact that we get a very nuanced kind of multifaceted look at it right I will say mm-hmm. I really appreciated that basically no one is straight. <laughs> Like okay, we have we have Akira who is presumably straight, but whatever. Like I mean, he's just kind of he's kind of there, and we got Rio who's so gay he causes the apocalypse. Uh, we have Miki who is, I mean, she doesn't really go either way. I guess. I mean, okay, she has she has that like semi relationship with that photography dude in the beginning but uh we have the Ugh. other mickey who's gay for the first mickey yeah well didn't she also like during her sexual scene like wasn't she thinking about akira or was she thinking about mickey like i couldn't i don't remember that part clearly 
I wasn't. Yeah, yeah I'm. I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't remember either. Uh, but yeah. that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. There is uh, our other track boya, the one who is super gay and has the one who is just canonically well, mega gay. <laughs> well, I mean, like here's here's the thing. There are a lot of series that are quite coy, especially anime that are quite coy about having gay characters. But this is not one yeah. of them because yeah, this is not if, one of them. If something is happening in Devilman Crybaby, it's happening on screen. So yeah, you know, dudes just. Like butt fucking another dude on screen. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's thinking about his dead lover who he, he who died in the rave party of demon summoning. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm I'm surprised. And if this is what Netflix can bring to anime, then so be it. <laughs> bring on, bring on a more Netflix originals, quote unquote. <laughs> because there are few straight characters in this show like even the the sort of ancillary background characters are just kind of vaguely homosexual <laughs> i i like to believe that that akira fudo is is bisexual uh because sure like a vampire or not a vampire what the fuck am i talking about like a werewolf oh gracious which yeah. as everyone knows is the the bisexual equivalent of a cryptid you know, he is both devil and man. He is Debbie Man. <laughs> Debbie Man. You can't spell Debbie Man without bi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is learning with Sue. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, I just kind of wrote like uh, looping back around. It it is yeah. rather surprising to me just how well this show navigates the line between desensitized violence, right, mm-hmm. and personal violence, and also I feel like the most standout moments are are the moments of quiet in the show, mm. because it's a show that's so brash and so loud. Mm-hmm. There are moments of sincerity of of like real yeah. human connection in the show yeah. that feel all the more pronounced because of that. And I mean, mm-hmm, if you're not mm-hmm. expecting it, it can almost give you like tonal whiplash with how fast it will rotate between these two things. But yeah, I think it does such a good job with that. Yes, there's there's the moments where like Akira is like ripping apart demons and. Mm-hmm. Being shot at by the military, and he's bleeding all this weird yellow demon blood. And then there's like mm-hmm. moments where he's like staring up at the stars with Miki, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, it's those mm-hmm. moments that feel so meaningful because it's contrasted against this really loud background, right? It's these, it's it's astounding yeah. the moments of quiet that we get. Yeah, I feel like this series uh, is very self aware of of pacing and also the audience's emotions like how this scene is going to affect the audience therefore after this action-packed scene and oh my gosh it's so gut-wrenchingly painful uh, let's dial it back and give them some reprieve right let's let's give them uh, a reason to feel like they they want to root for these characters or Let's make them want to have more of these quiet moments where it's peaceful and nice and not just, like, gore and bloodshed everywhere. 
Yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's great. It it is. Um, mm-hmm. It is it is a very good understanding of of pacing, which is so yeah. hard to do. Right. Yeah. This is this is what Especially makes Especially in a ten episode series. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> this is like I mean honestly <laughs> like it does dip a little bit in the middle. Mm. Just just a little bit though. Not too much. You'll never like you almost won't notice it. Um but it yeah. does slow down a little bit, uh more than maybe I would have liked, but honestly yeah i got that sense too mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's that's why i watched five episodes stopped for a week and then watched the other five episodes because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, it just felt like i could mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's it is it's what makes horror really good that's why this is like a really great piece because it employs the exact good understanding of pacing that makes horror good but mm-hmm. utilized in a piece that's not explicitly horror Right. right. It is horrifying some right. of the things that happen. It it is uh yeah, it's it's horrifying. Um but yeah. the way that it builds tension and then relieves it to build it up again is so good. Yes. It's so good. Yeah, masterful. If, just if you watch the first 3 minutes and the last 3 minutes of every episode, you'll understand exactly what I mean because <laughs> the way that it opens is always really good and the way that it ends like they always cut out to the same, almost always to the same music, except for the last um, the the episode where uh, Miki dies, um, which is episode yeah, nine. yeah. You're right. Yep, yep. They will close the the scene, and then the song will start up. The ba 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 ba. Yeah. Right, and that is so good. Yeah, because it immediately primes you for the next episode. Mhm. Mhm. I mean this it's an astounding piece. Yes. It is very gay, but all of them get buried because everyone dies. <laughs> like all of them die. No one no one is okay at the end, not even a little bit. Literally everyone dies and the only remaining person is miserable. <laughs> right. It's like Rio is the only person left alive and suddenly he has feelings. And he's yeah, like, he oh, suddenly no. realizes his feelings right then. <laughs> right. It's, oh my gosh. It's, yeah. Uh, it's very intense. Like, I would, I would definitely yeah. say if you cannot handle that amount of emotional intensity, because it, it's, it's such a roller coaster of, of an anime, because yeah. it ramps up really yeah. fast and then yeah. hits you really hard. Yeah. I, um, when I when I went into this anime, I had zero like li- like legitimately zero knowledge of what this anime was going to be about, aside from seeing one clip of Mayuta rapping <laughs> at me at <Good>. Miki. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this looks like such a sweet anime. <laughs> and then, um, and then I you know I start watching it and. Oh my god. <laughs> Nothing could have prepared me. But then again, I also liked that I basically had zero expectations of what to get into with this anime because it was like it was kind of almost like a blank slate, right? right? And I feel like if I had the expectations of oh my gosh, this anime is going to be so heartbreaking, tragic, blah blah blah, like emotionally tiring, whatever, then 
I would have put it off a lot longer or maybe not even have watched it until now kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It it so. honestly does like almost blindside you with how yes. quickly it will get you invested. Yeah. Uh I yeah. was I was honestly like first 10 minutes I wasn't really captured but yeah. by the time I was like two episodes in it was just even then I was like a little bit like mm, okay. But by the end of it, I was so invested yeah, that it actually yeah. felt meaningful when the characters... And this is like... It's so hard nowadays for me to feel bad about a character dying. Like, it is so yeah. hard. Like, I don't... I just yeah. don't care. But I honestly did yeah. care. It made me care. Yeah. Which yeah. is astounding. Yeah, like... Uh, one of the most memorable scenes for me was when Noel uh, comes across Taro. Oh my god, uh, that scene like, was so eating good. Eating his mom. That scene where he's like try he's like I have to I have to kill you son like I have to and then he just like goes back and forth back and forth and they do this for like a straight 5 minutes or so. Yeah. Just this dad debating about killing his son. Oh my gosh. It, oh. It's it's so good because it doesn't yeah. ever have to explain itself. No. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. when that moment that that is honestly one of the best scenes in the show is yes. this scene where it's just like his son has turned into a demon and is eating his mom because his mom ran away with his yeah. son because uh, she was like, I can't have yeah. my demon son. You know, I can't let people know that my son is a demon or else the military will yeah. literally kill him. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when you when you come across this scene, it it is already implied what has what has happened. Like the, the son has become a demon and is already eating the mother. And you're like, first of all, oh no, oh God. Yes. You're like immediately yes. your heart starts sinking like way deeper. And then when yeah. the the dad has to, he never has to, nobody ever has to explain it, right? Nobody has to say like, yeah. oh, I, I have to shoot you, but I can't. But I have to shoot you, but I can't. It's literally him yeah. like raising and lowering this gun for an almost yeah. comical amount of time. Like it's almost funny yeah. in the middle and then it gets sad again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they don't ever cut away from it. They just no, keep showing him debating with himself. It's just this like long like this long uninterrupted scene of him raising and lowering this gun just trying to figure out what the hell he wants to do and then yeah. in the end he just gets shot by the military anyway and you're like oh no yeah it's oh my god it's so well done it is so well done yeah yeah <sighs> yeah but yeah just uh, all all the family moments in this series too and i think because like they they built up all those nice moments with the family up until that point that you feel so so attached to them because they're basically like akira's anchor right mm-hmm. his, his his the good shining parts of his life you know his his parents are seen like they they get killed pretty early on in the series and so he's been living with this family um and and whenever he's just sitting there like eating breakfast with them or whatever, it's always like a happy conversation, and they're they're teasing each other and stuff. It's it's always good. And then to have his family ripped away like that, oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> I'm I'm continually astounded by the way that Masaki Yuasa can 
continue to play with my heart like this. <laughs> I just I don't I don't understand how he can keep getting away with this. Yeah, man. I will say I, I, there's another really interesting thing, which is um, if we look at the demons as kind of an allegory for humanity uh, in general, it is um, mm -hmm. it is interesting the way that uh, essentially their whole deal was they want to. I mean, they want to get back into heaven and rock God's shit because he sent yes. them all. He you know sent them all to explodey town. Yeah, and you know to a certain extent you feel like. You almost feel sympathetic in, in that moment. Yeah. You're like, it is like, I mean, that is the, that is like this Old Testament view of God as the destroyer, right? Who kind mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel like anybody who has thought about it for more than two seconds has some amount of sympathy for like, I mean, what makes you so great, right? <laughs> right. But it, it is interesting because you, you both get this, this somewhat sympathetic feeling for for the demons and also the cyclical way in which the violence they enact upon the world repeats itself right right so yes. obviously like all of the the demons were destroyed by the heavenly bombardment and mm -hmm. you know when they arise back from wherever the ether space where they exist as pure will Mm -hmm. They cause humans to just wipe each other out, and then like it loops back around, and all of the angels are coming. And I love that the angels are just these weird circles, like yeah, they're just flat circles. Yeah, they're never personified in any way. They just I, are arriving to wipe stuff I, out. I completely love it because it is it is everything that I want from like that weird like pseudo Christian imagery. <laughs> <laughs> right it's like the these these incomprehensible beings and this this mm -hmm. is like this is a, th a thing right like if you look at the, yeah. the shape of the demons obviously they're incorporating humans uh because that's how yeah. they, they have to exist but by that very nature uh, by that very nature it means that you know we are uh, meant to sympathize with them as as human forms yes and yeah so when we get this this contrast between the very you know, weird, certainly, but organic shape of these demons and yeah. the very inorganic, perfect angels, right? You get that contrast yeah. immediately without even thinking about it. Right, right, yeah. Like, you, you understand uh, it just kind of conceptually, immediately, like subconsciously. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it, it does well in terms of... of how much you end up relating to the demons in that if if it wasn't demons if it was humans in that position of we're going to condemn you to die there's no argument then you could very realistically see humans rising up in the similar fashion right, which they did the devil man yeah yeah exactly so it, it it does all end up just looping together yeah i mean the way that it it starts and ends perfectly in the loop and Oh, it's just it's just so good. Like, I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of this that is kind of latent in the source material, and it is mm -hmm. highly, highly astounding to me. I will say, I really enjoyed the last episode as a contrast to the rest of the series. Right, this mm -hmm. very somber, very quiet, and you know, this is the contrast between the loud and the quiet. Right, the very 
yes. quiet scene where yeah. just for like the entire episode basically it's just it's just Rio talking to to Akira and yep. then you know obviously you know he's dead like you know he's dead and then it zooms out at the end and he's only half the body and you're like oh well, yeah there you go well there you well, go, there you go. <laughs> and and then the way that he he's like calling out for for Akira at the end he doesn't mm-hmm. have to say anything for you to know that like like there's love there Mm-hmm. If you're going to be coy about the way that you code your your gay characters, like that's that's <laughs> it, right? Like not even not even like your your gay character, like any characters romantically, right? If like or any kind yeah. of love, right? That's how you do it. Yeah. Oh my! It's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Very mm-hmm. very intense. Very much a lot, but you know it, it wraps around to this very quiet contemplative moment and it doesn't feel out of place it yeah it very much feels like the natural conclusion like obviously akira will die and he'll lose and ryo will win but at what cost right right you know he he sits there at the end of the world as god rains down heavenly punishment and he thinks about all the things really like he thinks about the only person that he's ever loved, ever felt connected to, mm-hmm. which is also mm-hmm. the only thing he's ever wanted. Yeah. And, I mean, in a, in a way, I guess you could say, like, he can never have. Exactly, right? yeah. It, it it feels like on all of this was, was unavoidable, right? Yeah. Like, given the characters, given their circumstances, that it would have played out like this no matter what. Right, that's, that's what's so great about this, is that all of the characters, and this is the reason why we're so sympathetic to them even right off the bat, mm-hmm. is that we can, they're, they're each given such deeply driving motivations that mm-hmm. even if you don't agree with the actions that they take, you understand them. Mm-hmm. We don't agree with Miko's decision to go to this weird Satan party and become a demon, but you get it. She got Mayuta killed. I know. <laughs> she did. Poor dude. So salty. <laughs> Right, and like she keeps his hand or whatever, just sort of in oh, in her so house. Oh, so bad! Oh, yeah. Right, it feels it, it, it like you feel like you've lost something, you know, when when these characters yeah. suffer or when they yeah. go through hardship, and they are they're portrayed in a way as like it's it's very easy for you to understand their motivations, and that's really how you drive like a good story right you have a lot of characters with very strong motivations that will inevitably clash with each other mm-hmm. yeah character conflict should drive the plot yeah period i mean period i mean, yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it's character conflict <laughs> should drive the plot dot 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 uh because you know there's no absolutes in this well i do think that you can have a good plot that is set up without the character uh conflict to begin with but like you know it's it's the difference between do you want your characters to drive the story or do you want the story to drive your characters and i think mm, there is merit yeah, to yeah. both mm-hmm. of those yeah sure uh, depending on the situation but yeah, yeah. i i mean yeah. i'm gonna be honest i i ended up liking this a lot more than i thought i would <laughs> which i mean obviously like i love masaki yuasa and i, I love the work that he does yeah. uh but you know, I I, I kind of went in being a little skeptical. I was like, I don't sure. know if this will be good. 
and it yeah. ended up being very much past my expectations uh, of I know I said this before, but it is so difficult for me to get invested in characters anymore. Mm. And the fact that it, it managed to do that without me even like noticing mm-hmm. and the way that it makes those deaths feel meaningful overall is really impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I was so attached to these characters. I didn't even realize that yeah. by the end of the series. Yeah, yeah. And and by the end of the series uh when everything was dead and dying slash gone i was so angry at this series i like <laughs> i was like oh my god i i am both so tired and so angry at the same time i need to walk away from this and so like i but it was it was just like dwelling in the back of my mind i was just like man Oh my gosh, this series. I just kept replaying the moments over and over in my head that I could remember. And basically, a week later, I was like, I hate to admit this, but dang it, this series is so good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want to hate it so badly because it hurt me, (laughs) but I can't. It really, I mean, I was so upset when all those SoundCloud rappers died. I know. I was like, who are these fools even? And then they died, and I was like, oh no, I love these fools. I know! Like, in the beginning, they're such jokers, right? right? Like, you're like, who are these guys? Who cares about them? But then they, like, you by the end of it, oh my gosh, they become your favorites. <laughs> and it's just... Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, it is... Like, oh boy, I don't, I don't... I don't know, man. It's... I had something I wanted to say, but I just... <laughs> I'm losing it. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I think the most important thing that I can say about this show is that it is it is a show that you will remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether that be positive or negative is is really up to your interpretation and how you feel about yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah. It Yeah, no, I I totally know what you mean because those uh, I I replay a lot of those scenes in my mind. They they continue to play in my head. Yeah. And it is it is the hallmark of a good series when something is happening and I'm thinking to myself, I know this is going to happen, but I don't want it to. Yeah. And not in not in like a bad way, but in a way where yeah. it, it's memorable and it feels mm-hmm. you know, organic. It's not just you killed a character for shock value, it's people are dying yeah. and it's going to hurt yeah. you. Because that's what this show yeah. is about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it is a very interesting contrast to uh, Full Metal Alchemist that we watched two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, when they started up with the violence and the sexualization and stuff like that, I was very wary because I tend to not enjoy shows that glorify those kinds of concepts, right? Where, like basically to the point of like uh like celebration of of hey look at this cool stuff we could do while like you know brutalizing all these people or whatever right um and i think it it because everything that they did was so purposeful and drove the story forward it it towed that line of yeah we're glorifying a lot of this violence but that's because that's the nature of these devils that we're showing or that's the nature of these terrible people that we're showing it it 
doesn't feel unnecessary, but also they're using their animation capabilities to the fullest to to show you everything. Yeah. No, I I, I totally yeah. I totally agree. It is mm-hmm. the reason it is uh it feels cuz I 100% agree that I'm always a little bit wary when a show kind of has very overt sexuality or very overt mm-hmm. uh, gruesome violence. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that people take, I'm, I'm sure some people enjoy this stuff, right? That's why slasher fix, yeah. uh, like yeah, slasher yeah, flicks exactly. exist. You know, this is yeah. why uh, horror movies exist to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. People... I feel like, you know, as a society kind of revel in, in this violence. And obviously that's like the statement that Devilman Crybaby is making and Devilman in general. Yes. It is. Yeah. The reason that the violence in and, and the sexuality in Devilman Crybaby don't feel out of place and don't feel cheap is because they're not cheap. It's because yeah. it's not violence for violence sake. It is right. violence. And I would say it is like I, I would almost say it's not even like glorified violence. Uh, or I would say it is glorified violence, but it's glorified violence in the con placed into the context of where we glorify violence, right? Yes, where, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, it, it it obviously has some like kind of surface level stuff to say about the internet and social media, about how uh, sure, yeah. the connections that we have between people can both both aid and destroy us right yes 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 mm-hmm. but i think that um you know people people do have like as a society right as as a global society we do have this bad habit of of glorifying violence and especially if we yeah. consider it righteous violence right right you know, it's it is even so far as to look at the the heavenly punishment that that God rains down upon the devil filled earth, because even that feels like you know bad, right? That's not it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. people are. It does. It doesn't feel like there's justice being served. It feels like mm-hmm. it is needless, needlessly over the top, you know, dramatic violence for violence sake right the destruction for the sake of destruction um right it, it to me it feels like they're using the glorification of violence to comment negatively about the glorification right. of i mean violence. exactly and it's it's obviously placed in <laughs> yeah. the context of the, the ways in which we do that you know like just look at america yeah. and the way that we fetishize the military right <laughs> like yeah it is I mean, even the way that Japan fetishizes the military, like, good lord, they've got a, a whole deal over there. <laughs> it is, it's, it's so, it's stunning, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. Because it's, I feel like it's really easy to come out with, a, a, like, a statement about, like, oh, war is bad, violence is bad. But the way that it portrays that to us is very impressive, you know? It's so powerful and memorable right, the way, the way that, that it, it has to stick with The you. way that it, like... It it turns violence into a, a fetishistic act, where yeah, you know, people are are killed, and then there's like obviously no remorse, and then they are dismembered, and you know, people are like dancing with their body parts in in the yeah. flames, right? Like mm-hmm. we know that's bad, but we also can understand that it is it. 
like it is it is almost needlessly gratuitous but you know it's not needless it is showing us Mm -hmm. that you know this is this is what violence for violence sake is and it should Mm -hmm. make you feel uncomfortable right it it is and it i feel like it, it because they also use characters that you care about it's like um, it goes back to the whole like desensitization thing until it's someone you care about. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. then it has more stakes. For sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I I didn't think that. I mean, this is part of the reason I really like doing the podcast is because uh, a lot of the times I have some thoughts that I want to say, but a lot of the times mm-hmm. the thoughts that I have about something don't come out until I start to say them. Right, and this sure. is definitely the case for this. Like I. Had I had some thoughts about this, but I didn't think I would be able to talk this much about it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and I really enjoy the fact that I can crystallize my my thoughts, my latent sort of thoughts, into <laughs> audio for people to consume. <laughs> but yeah. Well, it just shows like the importance of discussion, right? right? It's. Even- even over or things like this or whatever. <laughs> I mean, this this to me is like, I feel like this is more powerful than God, like any war movie that's come out in the last thirty years. <laughs> I'll say twenty. I'll say twenty. But it, I mean, it's so clear about what it's saying, but it says it in such a nuanced way. Yeah, over over the top fashion and yet nuanced at the same time, which is totally bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's it's odd. Like I don't, <laughs> it it is expertly done, and yeah, I I think because of the way that it is it is done like that, it's so complicated. Like I think this is a show that is very easy to have very complicated feelings about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> As evidenced by the fact that you know you tried to hate it. I wanted to hate it. <laughs> right. I, like I think there's a lot of stuff in it that in any other series or or show I would say is needless or gratuitous or pro- or oh a thousand percent or like yes. problematic mm-hmm. but in the context mm-hmm. of the show itself and what the show mm-hmm. is is telling us as an audience mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. Yep, it right? works. Like if, like mm-hmm. it, this is so funny, right? Because, like the, I'm thinking about the the opening to Fallout Four where it's like war, war never changes. <laughs> and it's like I can't believe you said that unironically. First of all, but <laughs> like, <laughs> so right? But like, uh, contrast that with Devilman Crybaby, which is like war is bad, and this is why, and it shows you, yeah. and you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel bad. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is Yeah, it's definitely another show rather than tell type of situation. I mean, this this also has um yeah, it's it's very much a show not tell. Uh this also has that same deal that Film Alchemist has where, you know, they're talking about how you know, this might be this might have been a big plot orchestrated by some bad dudes, but we're <laughs> still the ones who did it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can recognize yeah. that, obviously, Rio is unconsciously Satan. Literally. Like, actually, <laughs> actually, like, like actually Satan. Satan, though. Right? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, 
but also, you know, we have to recognize that, like, the people doing the worst things in this series are still human beings, right? It is yeah. it is showing us the the great lengths that people will go to uh, out of out of fear and paranoia, and yeah, it's also important to realize that you know these are just normal people, and the the mm-hmm. possibility for monstrous behavior exists in all of us right i feel like it's like such such right. an easy comparison to make it's like who's the real devil here but when akira says right. that you actually yeah. feel it right it's, yeah you don't yeah, roll your yeah, eyes yeah, you're yeah. like yeah man yeah. like you said something really obvious but it's true <laughs> yeah because it it's so interesting because you have you have literal satan and yet he among all of the crimes and and atrocities committed in this series, he didn't do very much. He just convinced people to be paranoid of each other, and then they did the rest. Right. Yeah. So, as as a as a piece of like anti-war, like okay, as an anti-war piece, it certainly functions very well. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's it's about the trauma of violence. It's about mm-hmm. the way that impacts us both personally and as a society. And it is about how. Yeah, it's about love. It's about love, kind of. <laughs> and it's also about the devil mans that we carry in our hearts. Listen, everyone, everyone, <laughs> and that Satan can love too. Everyone is a devil man. <laughs> We all have yeah. the possibility, the capability to be devils, but we choose to be people. Devil and man. Choose to be people, everybody. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say. Or at the very least, that's yeah. all I want to say, because if I go any farther, we will be here for the next six years, just sort of going in circles, mm-hmm. talking about the same things over and over again in slightly different ways. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what you're up to this week and where we can find you bruh this weekend i will be at san japan in san antonio and i will be there with our mutual friend lover of scythe we have a corner together Bam. like like uh, my table is next to his table, and we share a corner, so we're just going to be hanging out. Um, and that will be uh, Friday through Sunday. And so if you want to see like me posting stuff about that, I will be doing so on the Twitter at swandron or on Instagram at swan.drawn. I also just finished uh, Valhalla on stream on my Twitch at Swandron. So if you want to see me try and get all the endings next time I stream, which is probably going to be uh, not this Friday, but the following Friday, then you can you can catch oh, me. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love Valhalla. <laughs> it's so good. I was so I, I got caught by surprise at, at, at ending. Basically, I was like, that's it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah. Where where can we find you, buddy? What are you going to be up to? Uh, you can find me in all the places at Literal Soup. Soup. Okay, that's confusing. At Literal Soup. Uh, on Twitter, on Twitch, etc., <laughs> etc. Et I might be doing Stardew Valley this weekend. I might not. I'm going to be moving probably yeah. on Monday. I am going to Europe yeah. in a week. And boy, my yeah. life is just kind of a lot right now. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just. Yeah. I, I mean, we are at the, or we are approaching quickly the the end of my summer break. So I'm trying to hang out with as many people as I can, which naturally means mm-hmm. that uh, my schedule is somewhat very packed, but not in a predictable way. I have no idea when people are here or not and plans just kind of crop up now and again. My friends want to do D&D today, but I'm like I agreed like literally yesterday to do a podcast, so uh maybe don't maybe don't plan 12 hours in advance next time. Um, yeah. Uh other than that, I will just mm-hmm. I'll be around on Twitter. I mean I I just kind of exist. Uh, I like to cook and post pictures of the food. I I made fish tacos today. This is really good catfish tacos. Oh, nice. Uh, I've been experimenting with uh, different kinds of consistencies. I think I prefer the fried ones. I usually pan fry them with like flour to make them crispy. But this Mm -hmm. time I tried just kind of plain. It's okay. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Oh, I made coffee jelly. Of course, uh, I told Rhino about this during the break. That we took mm, that I didn't tell you about. Coffee jelly. I've never heard but of it. I can't believe you've never heard of coffee jelly. It's so delicious. Listen, <laughs> next time you're at like a Japanese restaurant and they have coffee jelly, eat that coffee jelly. What if I don't partake in the coffee? Um, do you like coffee flavored things? Like it usually has a good amount of sugar in it. Okay. I like coffee candy. Oh, well so. then you'll enjoy this. It's like coffee candy, but softer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah and plus it has it usually comes with like condensed milk or sweet cream on top and so mm. worst case scenario it'll it'll taste like like a an iced coffee so okay yeah I'm okay, okay that's that. not the worst case scenario the worst case scenario is it's a giant bitter mess but no. don't think about that it's usually pretty good i had the most delicious <laughs> coffee jelly i'd ever had in my life when i was in new york and i'm still thinking about it which is why i made coffee jelly today <laughs> I see. <laughs> if you have a suggestion for a Bay Area ramen place, send it to absoluteterritorycast.gmail.com. Right? <laughs> or just tweet it or at you can just, just tweet it at me. <laughs> also, we are planning a new podcast that I'm just telling you about now, but I told you about earlier. Uh, but we are planning a supplementary podcast to this podcast that tells you all about anime and anime things, just in case you're not really into that, because I am. And I know a lot of things, but maybe you don't know a lot of things, and you want me to tell you a lot of things. So, we'll start a a short (laughs) supplementary podcast explaining anime things. If you have topic ideas, you can email them at me and Renu, and we will read them. (laughs) We will read them. And we might do an episode on it. And, yeah, I think the first episode of of that actually will be us talking about us, because I, I realize... We don't really do that, uh, like a lot. Like people don't know how we know each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I guess that's true. I was gonna say, like, we do talk a lot about what we. We do, talk a lot, a lot about but... what we do, but we don't talk about who we are, Renu. Sure. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like that probably should have been the first episode of the podcast, but you know, it's a little too late at this point. We're on episode eighteen. We're like forty weeks into the year, or whatever. <laughs> like. It's it's getting it's getting a little bit. So we'll we'll start that too and that'll be somewhere down the pipeline after I go to Europe. So I will be gone. And that means there will not be an episode in 2 weeks. 
Yeah, we'll have to delay the next episode, uh, but we'll be back stronger than ever when Super. That's true. We will we will be back stronger than ever on the twenty sixth of September. So yeah, thank you for listening so much. Thanks. I I mean I feel like I don't say this a lot, but I really appreciate people that that tune in and listen and. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm feeling <laughs> somewhat too. emotional about the fact that we're like over halfway through the year and so we're like we've we've made so much progress right now. Dude, we're about to come up on our anniversary right, in a couple of months. We're coming up on our anniversary. And you know what? I think for that we should watch uh Evangelion again and let's talk about the first movie. <laughs> and then in 2020 we get to talk about the fourth movie. Ah! so excited <laughs> yes so yeah that's coming up that's coming down the pipeline uh yeah, yeah you can yeah, find yeah. the podcast at absolute cast on twitter yeah. yes okay yeah yes. that's right uh you can also find us on youtube Brendan will tell you where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think you can just uh well if you search for absolute territory podcast we are usually either the first or second result okay. next to Ken Ashcore's Absolute Territory. Right. So. Well, that's that's good. Uh, you should watch the videos because Randy puts a lot of work into them and they're super good. They're no. super, super good. No. And no. I love them. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I've, I, think that's, I think that's it. A catchy girl, get your fucking heart out. Woo! Don't be a devil, Don't man. be a Debbie Dumas! <laughs>